And let's get ready as we hold it up. This book is my all-sufficient guide for faith and conduct. Hallelujah. And then, at Northlake Church, convinced the living water changes everything, one life at a time. Amen. This morning, we are going to be starting a series where we are going to be looking at some things that Jesus says regarding about the things to come. As the Word of God says through the Apostle Paul, we see through a a glass dark. As we talk about some of these things that we're going to talk about, let's make it clear. Jesus says, no man knows the day or the hour that he's coming. Only the Father, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son knows. Only God knows. But what we are going to talk about is one of the the most incredible things that is being grasped for in our world that eludes people as a greased pig. They try to grab hold of it and they cannot. They, they try to even put it in a small pen so that they can then grab a hold of it and it eludes them. Why is it that even though there's so much talk about peace, there's so much talk about having peace and rest, there is no rest, there is no peace. I am here to declare to you unequivocally and without being ashamed, there still is peace for a weary soul in the world today. And I will tell you, without being ashamed, that it is still where it's always been. And that person is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. It may not be always politically correct, but the only rest, the only peace that this world will ever have will come only at the receiving of Jesus Christ into a heart. So with that being said, let's talk about peace in a world at war. Peace in a world at war. You look around and let me say that war is not something that is unique to our world. War is not something that is new. So when we begin to talk about these things, understand that again, the end is going to come when God says, go get my kids. The end is going to come when the Father says it's time. And not until. But what the scripture does say is that like birth pains, in the end, you will happen more frequently, more severely, and like a pregnant woman, it will happen. It's not a question of if. 
It's not a question of, well, I don't know, I don't want to go through this. Any of you who have been moms know that when you're in labor, it's not a matter of if, but it's coming. (laughs) And let me tell you, when Jesus said these things are going to take place, and when he says, lift up your eyes, your redemption is drawing near, he means it. There is peace in a world at war. So let's look at that as we start the series. I want to take us first to John's Gospel, chapter 16. We are going to only look at one verse as we start this short series. And it is found in John's Gospel, chapter 16, verse number 33. I want to preface this before we go into this passage of Scripture, because in this particular passage of Scripture, you might immediately say, well, this isn't about the end time. No, it's not, but it has to do with us having peace in an uncertain world. And that is this, the words of Jesus to his disciples. If you look a little uh, pre-verse number 33, and you look about what Jesus was talking about, he was beginning to talk to his disciples about the fact that he was going to be going away, and there were going to be lots of things that were about to happen that they didn't understand. Their whole world was about to be turned upside down. (laughs) Their whole world was about to be totally changed. Their whole perception of the kingdom of God and what they thought Jesus was coming to do was about to be totally unraveled. They were expecting a conquering king. They continued to look for this earthly kingdom. And Jesus said, I'm setting up a kingdom in the hearts of men. (laughs) That earthly kingdom is coming when Jesus comes back. But the first time he came, he came for you and I. Amen? So you see here in this uncertainty, and let me tell you the reason I picked this scripture is although we are not waiting for these events to take place in the life of Jesus, we are in a very crucial point in the world today. We are looking at end-time events happening more frequently, happening more severity, and there has never been a time when you see more of the Scripture being fulfilled all around you. Now, I don't know how long the Lord will allow it to go, but there was one who prayed a prayer that is scriptural this morning because in Psalm 122, verse number 6, the Word of God says, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Because guess what? The whole world is going to focus right on that little spot. I'm going to find, you're going to find this absolutely interesting. I have an article I'm going to place up here for you to see. Not today, but it's coming. It's an article that I found by going to get a uh, used book. I opened up the used book, and in this used book that I got, I got a treasure that was beyond my wildest imagination, there was a newspaper article from 1938, the actual day that Israel became a nation. 
And do you know 1948? I'm sorry. 1938, where are you at, Mom? That's my mom's birthday. So I knew there was something significant about 38. <laughs> sorry, Mom, you can chastise me later. <laughs> I can see it already. I'll just take my licking after church. <laughs> but 1948, I apologize, but in that newspaper clipping, 1948, an interesting thing. On the very time that Israel is becoming a nation, the Arab League nations said, this will not stand. We will run them into the ocean. They will not survive from day one. So you see the conflict that is continuing. So where is it that we are to look for peace? Well, the world is looking for peace in all the places it can't have it. In the government, in a, a, a negotiation, trying to work out some sort of peace. But what does Jesus say? This is what Jesus says. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage, I have overcome the world. This is the hope that is still there for the world today. It may be old-fashioned, but it is true. It's factual. Jesus is the answer for the world today. There is no other name. There is no other way. Jesus Christ is the answer. Now, the world doesn't want to hear that. They tell us that they're willing to accept any kind of form of conversation about God as long as you leave Jesus out of it. Isn't that interesting that the name of Jesus causes such hostility? I'm telling you, you look in the world, you will find people that are willing to talk the things of God as long as you want to do it. But you mention the name of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. They're all up in arms. Literally, all hell breaks loose. It's because the power of his name. There is power in the name of Jesus. Because when you speak the name of Jesus, you are speaking the word of God. So let's look at this. This picture is specific this morning. I know some of you may have seen it before, but let me, let me describe what I mean by this. There's an incredible truth in this picture for in it we see a smartphone we have become so sophisticated we have become so reliant on our knowledge and technology 
our superior wisdom as if we can somehow work out peace ourselves. As if somehow, because we've so advanced beyond what we used to be, because, you know, the whole idea of humanism and Darwinism is that we just keep getting better and better. Don't hold your breath. You look around and you know that the whole theory ain't working very good. We're not getting better and better. Are the gadgets getting different? Certainly. Technology, and by the way, the scripture says that will happen. (laughs) The scripture says in the end that, that knowledge is going to go exponentially off the chart. But it's the same problem with the human heart. It's the same issues we're dealing with. It's those same things that keep tripping us up because we refuse to turn and answer the one who is still calling. And see, this whole picture represents a choice that we're going to have to make. Jesus is still calling, and there's still a choice that we're going to have to make. And it's whether I answer yes or whether I decline and say, no, God, I don't need it. He says, specifically, that in me, there is no peace apart from from Jesus Christ calling out to you. If you do not answer that call from Jesus, now, don't everybody grab your smartphone and start waiting for the call. (laughs) That's not my point. My point is, though, Jesus is calling. And it's, it's, it's better than a smartphone. Because this call will come from in your heart. And you will feel him drawing you. You will feel him. You'll know it better than a call you answer on your smartphone. You'll know that there's a choice Jesus is asking you to make. He says, in me, you will have peace. Anything outside of Jesus, anything outside of who he is, will not bring peace. If you saw that first picture, that is an actual photo of the World Trade Center, and that is the cross that is causing such controversy that you've heard on the news where people want to do away with it. I don't at all think that cross being there at that specific time is coincidental, not a chance. In that literal space of blocks of chaos, it was as if God was saying, look guys, it's still the same answer if you'll only turn to me. Unfortunately, this turning to Jesus 
is somewhat like what happened on September 11th, 2001. And that is people turned to him for a moment. People turned to him for a week. People turned to him in the disaster because they were desperate and had nowhere else to go. But when comfort came, the call was soon forgotten. And they went back doing exactly what they'd done before. How tragic. See, Jesus is not calling for a moment. He's calling for a lifetime relationship. Anything outside of Jesus is temporal, unstable, and in a state of chaos. Literally, your life will look like ground zero. You'll not be able to put the pieces together. But in Jesus, there's hope. Then he says this. In the world. In the world. Well, we look and we see the world. And the world, even since the beginning, has always been in the hands of God. It's not in man's hands. It's not in someone else's hands. The only hands that are holding and sustaining it up are God's. In fact, there is a scripture that literally says, in him all things hold together. And without him, they won't hold together. You've heard me talk about even at one time that specific uh, uh, chromosome that's in you, laminin, that literally sticks you together. Without it, you would just fall to pieces. And isn't it interesting that that little chromosome is in the shape of a cross? Interesting. Jesus says, in the world, you will have tribulation. Now, this is interesting because the word tribulation, literally, when you look it up, has these words described with tribulation. Suffering, distress, trouble, misery, sadness, heartache, woe, pain, anguish, agony. Now, I know that the Word of God talks about a time of tribulation coming like has never been seen. But anything apart from Jesus is going to give you tribulation in the world. That's why Jesus says, in the world you have. I like that word. In the world you have. Jesus is saying it's a fact, period. In the world, this is what you're going to get. Anguish, agony, pain. That's the reality of a fallen world. That's a reality of without God. It brings tears to your eyes. The world will leave you saddened, broken hearted. It will leave you empty. 
in absolute despair and distress and without hope. In fact, the Word of God says that in the end times, it will be getting so bad, and in this tribulation, what we see is not that there has uh, been an absence of tribulation, but the tribulation, again, is coming more frequent and more severe all the time. And in this, the only hope for us is Jesus. And he says in this agony, you are going to be unless you turn to him. That is the fate. The tribulation on the earth, the lack of peace is not coming because there is a lack of war activity. You, hear, you understand what I'm saying? A lot of people thinking that, boy, if we could just really have what they intended after World War II or World War I, by the way. World War I was a war to end all wars. How'd we do? Why? Because there's no peace apart from Jesus. There is no peace that will be on the face of the earth until you are at peace with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the Prince of Peace. So here's what Jesus says, though, as he says, In me, peace... In the world, you have tribulation. Those are the two things Jesus lays out. Me, the world. That choice is clear. Again, it's just like the phone. Answer Jesus or decline him. But understand, if you decline him, it doesn't mean you have to be a horrible, wretched, a terrible sinner, you still will be in misery because without Jesus, there is tribulation. Now, you say, well, if I accept Jesus, Brian, you're saying that everything's going to be wonderful? No. I'm saying that Jesus gives you a peace that passes understanding. Jesus gives you a peace because you know who it is that wins at the end. And you know that there's a hope to rule and to reign with him and that you are going to be in his presence one of these times for eternity with him. So we're going to talk about some of those scriptures as we go to this next slide. God has overcome. That's the hope. Jesus says, take courage. You say, you say, you have up there, God has overcome. Who is God? Jesus Christ. <laughs> the Bible makes it clear. And we don't fully understand the Trinity, but we understand that all three of them, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, that's good theology. And we need to understand that all three of them, I, I know, you know, if I think about it too long, my, my head will smoke too. 
I understand that our finite brains sometimes struggle with that. God doesn't. The fact is, Jesus said, I have overcome. Take heart. And you notice what is up here on some of these things? Poverty, unforgiveness, rebellious children, divorce, death, hatred. Some of these words up here are ones that we may have had somebody or may have thought, oh, well, that, that one can never be overcome. Bible says everything can be overcome in him. The Bible says he makes all things new. He says, I have overcome. Peace is not just an absence of war. Because there is war in this world, not just externally, but the reason for the external war is because of the internal war. Do you hear me? The reason for the physical conflict is because there's spiritual conflict and unrest in our souls. There will be no peace apart from Jesus Christ. Turn with me to 1 John. I want you to see these and read these scriptures. I could have put them up on the screen, but often I... Uh, uh, I want to, you to, to go there, whether you're going there on your electronic uh, smartphone or whether it's physically the word, go there with me. The first place I want to go, 1 John chapter 4, 1 through 4, I want to read this. Here's the conflict, again, that I described when we first started this morning. 1 John chapter 4, starting at verse number 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets had gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, of which you have heard that is coming and now is already in the world. You are from God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Hallelujah. That is a huge yes. Hallelujah. Now I know sometimes you come and you think, man, I just like sometimes coming to watch the show. But hear me, if you're not that excited in your heart, you need to check the temperature of where you are spiritually. 
I am not here to bring condemnation, but if the Holy Spirit is convicting you that you are lukewarm, let him hang you on the barn till he's through. Because church, we don't have time for lukewarmness anymore. We don't have time for this half-hearted devotion to God. We don't have time for this, I kind of like Jesus. We need to be hot on fire for him. We need to be ready to say, Lord, whatever happens in the world, even if I see war at my own back door, my hope is in you. My strength is in you. My future is in you. And I physically may not see what I want, but spiritually I'm being renewed day by day. Hallelujah. The Lord has made it so clear. He's overcome. He's overcome the world. Now I want to take you to a couple more that are very short. I want to take you to 1 John chapter 5, verses 4 and 5. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. And who is the one who has overcome the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Understand, know it. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Stand firm for it. When they say that we ought to be politically correct, understand what they are saying. It's kind of an underneath theme that you will see. When they say that you need to be politically correct, what they are saying is we will be tolerant and you should be tolerant of anything other than the name of Jesus Christ. Everything goes, but you bring up the name of Jesus and you're in trouble. And I believe God is causing and growing up men and women who will be lions in the last day. I believe God is calling up men and women, youth and children that will say, I will not bow down. God may take me. I still won't bow down. Hallelujah. All right. Then the very last one I want to take you to is John 14. So going back to our scripture and then just over a short few chapters. God, the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse number 27. Jesus says this. Peace 
I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Let nor let it be fearful. How is it that we can have peace as we look at what's happening in the world? Not because we aren't concerned for some of the things we see, but it's because of an enduring peace of God that we realize God is still in control, God still holds all things in his hand, and his purposes will not be thwarted. I'm going to get ready to play a song for you as you watch this last slide. And I, I pray that you reflect on the words. It's a Phillips, Craig, and Dean song. And it is, the power is still where it's always been. Watch this. Where is still where so 
It's where it's all